like a tiger with a powerful business angle. Voila, deal done. Brie kept her face as expressionless as possible, trying not to smirk at the idea of Barrett as a tiger. More like a house cat. Some really annoying, overly pampered Persian, maybe? Although the comparison was unkind to cats everywhere and Persians in particular. No, Barrett might think he was James Bond smooth, but somehow she didn't believe a self-made entrepreneur like M.J. Monroe was going to be swayed by flattery and attention. If getting him to sign on the dotted line were that easy, he'd have put his Mont Blanc to paper a long time ago. She tapped her racket against her leg again, the attorney in her demanding that she argue her point however unwise. But you said yourself that no one has been able to convince him to switch firms before. So why should he now? Surely he's already been buttered up lots of times before this. He came to an abrupt halt and stared at her, a look of supreme arrogance on his knobby-chinned face. Not by me, he hasn't. That's why Uncle Wendell sent in his big gun this time. Monroe just needs the right man to explain to him what the firm can do. Our billables alone are enough to impress even the most hardened businessmen, to say nothing of our client roster and winning track record when it comes to settlements and litigations. Big gun, huh? Bree sniffed in time to cover a snort. Not that Barrett was mistaken about the power and prestige of Marshall McNeil Prescott and what it could offer. Indisputably, MMP was one of New York City's top law firms, if not the top, but somehow she still didn't think that fact would sway Monroe. If he hadn't already been lured by the mystique of their one percenter heavy client list, or their admittedly excellent reputation for winning lawsuits and making sure their clients didn't pay out a dime more than necessary for their legal transactions, except to the firm itself, of course, then he was looking for something else, something more. Exactly what that something more might be was the key to acquiring his business. Besides, Barrett said, pausing only long enough to take a breath, I went to a lot of trouble to arrange this match. You mean I went to a lot of trouble, considering it's my sister's fiancé who has a membership here, and the fact that James is the one who very graciously accompanied us here today so we could use the amenities. Yes, but I'm the one who wrangled the court time with Monroe. I won't tell you what it cost me to bump the couple who was originally scheduled to play. Bree managed not to roll her eyes. I still don't see why we couldn't have just met Monroe in an office like normal people rather than resorting to all these schemes. Because we're not normal people. We're lawyers. She paused, realizing that for once, old B.S. had a really good point. Then they were courtside, the court number painted in a neat white on the carefully maintained grass. Showtime. She put on her best professional smile and followed after Barrett, only to stop dead seconds later. A shiver went through her as she stared at the man standing across the court, his head bent as he listened to whatever his curvy brunette partner was saying. He was tall and athletically built without being overly muscled, solid without an extra ounce of fat. She guessed he was close to her own thirty-three years and in his prime, His dark brown hair was short and neatly trimmed, but not in a big city $500 a cut kind of way. His tennis clothes were the same, 
Good quality, but not obscenely expensive. Bree scowled, her heart racing beneath her crisp white Burberry Brit sport shirt. She gave herself a quick shake and looked away. With her eyes on her white sneakers, she trailed Barrett over to the bench that lined one side of the court and set down her bag. What is wrong with me? I've never met MJ Monroe before, so why the freaky reaction? She'd taken a quick look at an internet photo of him when she'd done her prep work for the weekend, and it hadn't sparked any unusual reactions. He'd seemed pleasant-looking enough in a business-hardened, square-jawed kind of way, but he hadn't made her senses go on full alert, as if there'd been a breach in security at the Pentagon. But her instincts were blaring like screaming sirens now, warning her that there was something alarming about him, and something oddly familiar. How could that be since she didn't even know the man?